We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Gaming with the Moms. I'm Simone de Rochefort and I am taking over for Nicole Tanner, our wonderful, wonderful editor who is on a trip to somewhere in the wastelands of middle America. Is she is she in Ohio? Yeah, she's going to her like 75th high school reunion or something. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, oh, wow. Okay, I guess the podcast is over now. The best joke has been made. Uh, I'm saving so- that one. <laughs> You're brilliant. I'm joined today by Courtney Holmes. Hi. And Kesey Young, our art director at Pixelkin.org. Hi. And Linda Brenneman, Hello. our illustrious managing editor. Yeah. How are you? I'm I'm well. I'm um, the only mom here today. It's true. How does yeah. that make you feel? Are you on the spot? I feel like, you know, the queen of the world. No, <laughs> I don't. Um, I wanted to say something about that, the fact that I'm the only mom here. I miss Nicole. But I love being here with you guys. And um, the thing about the staff at Pixelkin, I just want to have a little rave session here. They are amazing. They are an an amazing group of young women. They work really hard. I mean, the E3 coverage was amazing. It was great. Um, And they work hard every day. um, They're idealistic. They're smart. And you know what? They really care. They care about kids, even though they don't have kids of their own. I just wanted to say that um, kids need adult allies that aren't their parents. And um, that's an important concept. I think every parent who's raised kids or has gotten to the point where they have teenagers knows that if you have an aunt or uncle or somebody who can go to your kids and say, um, you know what? If there's something you can't talk to your parents about, you can talk to me. Or if you need to be picked up from some, I don't know, party or mm-hmm. <laughs> jail. I don't know, whatever it is. You can call me if you can't call your mom and dad. Good example. <laughs> Did you guys have adult allies that weren't your parents when you were little or you know, teens? Yeah, I've always been really close with the the parents of my friends and especially my friend Taylor. Like the, Her house uh, was where we would always have parties. And of course, since it was my group of friends, we weren't drinking or anything because we were super lame. But like, that would be where all the kids would hang out. Nice and so, you know, if my mom was looking for me, she would know, oh, Simone's at Taylor's house. Like, it was a really – and it was really important to kind of have that central place where we could just exist. And, you know, they had a back room with a Wii and everything like that. So we just hang out there and have a good time. Yeah, that's great. great. And my dance teacher, Ling Hui, and uh, Japanese teachers and those kind of people, like extracurricular yeah. people especially. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's a such a valuable thing. Yeah, my my older sister was definitely awesome, especially when we got past the younger teenage stage of, stage of just fighting constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I think right around the time that she was like graduating from high school, she was kind of like, "Oh, I really like you. Let me guide you." And that's so Aww, cute. That's so great. She, so, she's I'm, awesome. For my brother and I, was the opposite. He had to learn that he liked me, even though he's younger than me. Although, <laughs> it can't have been easy to have me as an older sister. So, sorry, Tristan. <laughs> well, I, I just want to thank everybody who, um, like the women in this room and everyone out there who isn't a parent and doesn't have kids, maybe never plans to have kids, but um, 
likes kids and wants to help kids yeah. and um, you, supports Thank parents you. and you know, oh, we're all in this together. Getting all emotional. Even, <laughs> even if we don't reproduce, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, I think so. it's important. And it's especially important. I, I see a lot um, that it's important to respect kids, even if you don't plan to have kids, don't plan to be a parent. And even if you don't really like kids, it's so important to kind of to treat their interests with respect and acknowledge that, you know, what they they're experiencing so many things for the first time and they're going to grow up to have amazing ideas and they're really purely passionate about the things that they're they're interested in and that's a kind of delicate beautiful thing that we all need to encourage you know even if it's not something that interests us personally so that's why I am personally so passionate about you know helping parents understand video games so the parent can have that moment where you know even if they are not wanting to play the game themselves they can be like yeah that's awesome kid what you're doing is really cool yeah and I encourage your your passion about it yeah yeah, that's so. Great. Okay. <laughs> Thank so you, Linda. Speech over. Now that we're all super emotional and choked <laughs> up, uh, let's talk about this week's news. So, Courtney and I went to an event on Monday. We did. It was super cool. Yeah, the inaugural Seattle uh, Super League gaming tournament. So, basically, Super League is a tournament that's just starting up. They're going from city to city and kids bring their laptops and they play a game in a movie theater and it's projected onto the huge enormous movie theater screen and when we went um, in Northgate they were doing a Minecraft tournament which is what they're doing this week in Seattle so the kids had their own individual Minecraft screens and then on the big screen there was a kind of top down view of the Minecraft world and they were all like Building things together, so and cool. competing in teams. So you had to watch me like filming fifty kids. <laughs> Can I just say it's really weird to go into a movie theater, especially one that I've attended many times for movies because it's mm-hmm. near my house, with a camera and a tripod. Yeah, <laughs> I was like sure that someone was going to stop us every moment. So it felt like I, I was going to make one of those shaky cam videos. I felt really bad for the the staff because they saw me walking in with the camera and everything, and I I'm sure they had a knee reaction of oh we've got to get looks. her out of here, but. I had a press pass. I was there for a purpose. It's okay. So, but yeah, no, it was super fun. Um, the kids all that there was a pretty packed mm-hmm. theater. They all seemed to be having a really good time. There was a really diverse spread of kids. There was a lot of yes. ages and genders and backgrounds. And, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and the, there were a couple of parents there for the l- l- younger kids, but yeah, uh, yeah. Not, not too many parents. Yeah, yeah, that sounds so cool. Fun yeah. for the kids. I interviewed yeah. Brett Morris, who's the president of Super League Gaming, and what he said was that having it on the big screen made it better for parents to engage with because, you know, they weren't right. just, like, creeping over their kids' shoulders. They could watch what was happening on the big screen. And there were a few phases of this Minecraft thing. Like, they were building things in teams, and then there was, like, a free-for-all. I don't want to say murder session because that's so not <laughs> Minecraft, but, you know, it was survival mode. Um so yeah, this is this is a really interesting program to me. It's kind of in its pilot stage right now. It's touring around the U.S. Um, there are 80 theaters participating, and it's going from town to town. So you can check out where it's going on superleaguegaming.com. But then also in the fall, they're starting sessions, which are sort of, I guess, like Little League, but for video games, where they have a basically six weeks where you meet once a week in the theater and compete in a game. And then there's global leaderboards. Right. And yeah, it's really cool. I mean, basically the idea is that it gets kids together in a community setting where they can all play the game together rather yeah. than being at home. So Right. Yeah. I, I read that um, some of the people who started this were a little bit nostalgic for the old arcade days mm. where, you know, that was a social public 
Mm -hmm. event, exciting, and um, you guys are too young for that. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. Arcades used to be pretty pretty fun to go to. And, you know, it did feel like it. That kind of that kind of atmosphere that it made everyone, me think. Yeah, took me back to my summer camp days. Summer camp days. Yeah, like yeah. a yeah. I for felt sure. like summer camp. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So yeah, and we wrote about that on the website. There's some more details on pixelkin.org, so you can check that out. One of the interesting things um, that we that I learned from talking to Brett was that. Um, while the fall sessions, which are six weeks long, will cost $120, they are looking into sort of different ways to finance that depending on what city it is and the financial situation of the family. So hopefully it will be something that a lot of people can access. And the summer sessions are only $20. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's great. I, ho- not, I hope so, too. Yeah. Not a bad way to spend 100 minutes of your summer afternoon. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. And speaking of Minecraft, um, they have now sold 20 million copies on PC and Mac (laughs) and over 70 million worldwide. So that's crazy. And the statistics were that there were 15,000, I think, in April and now it's – or sorry, 15 million in April and now it's 20 million. So Hashtag that was last year. Is it last – oh, yeah. Sorry. That was last year. Wow. I'm glad. That you know that, and that I didn't horribly misrepresent the sales figures of Minecraft just now on this podcast. You know, I'm looking at my notes. I even wrote April 2014, and I so. guess I just – that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> Simone doesn't know how to tell time. What year is it anyway? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So there's some Splatoon news also. Which Courtney, I think, is excited about. I love Splatoon. Do you? No. I was like, yes, I love Splatoon. What's Splatoon? Splatoon. (laughs) (laughs) Is it that game we were playing yesterday for like an hour? It wasn't an hour because I got sick. You got sick. It was sad. Um, (laughs) Courtney's a little under the weather. Yeah, I'm doing better, though. Yeah. Um, Splatoon is this fantastic game where you play an inkling, which is a creature that's sort of half kid, half squid. Um, kid squid kid squid and you can turn back and forth in between a kid and a squid and you have like a squirt gun and you're shooting colored ink either to cover an area in your color of ink or in the main campaign mode you're like shooting uh evil octopi and trying to save squid nobody likes octopi really well they they stole the zapfish which is our source of electricity zapfish we're defending ourselves the inklings. You know. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's super fun, and the online the, the online ver- mode of the game, which is I think probably the more popular way to play rather mm-hmm. than the single player campaign, which is also awesome. In the online mode, you can play regular battle, um, which is uh, right now just turf war. So you're trying to cover this arena with your color ink, uh, and you're, it's two teams of four going head to head. And then in ranked battle, which you can only access if you've uh, played a lot of regular battle, is it um, like level ten or yeah, is it? level ten? Okay. So um, but anyone can get to level 10. You don't have to be good. You just have to dedicate a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, I know if because I've lost a lot and we're already at level 6. So yes. <laughs> um, on our company company yeah. Splatoon account. So regular battle is great because it rewards everyone just for playing. But in ranked battle, it's a lot more cutthroat. That's like more the, the um, higher level players. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now there's only one way to play ranked battle, which is this thing called splat zones where there's this like tiny square of ink that you're trying to get keep covered in your team's color and then they're adding another mode which is the news is that a new one just came out called um tower tower control tower control which looks cool there's like a moving tower and basically there's just more ways to play splatoon which it's really nice that they have been continuing to unroll features and that nintendo's been doing this a lot lately where it feels like 
a lot of their games have sort of a soft launch where they just keep on giving over months and yeah. months. Like, so many new things came out for Super Smash Brothers even, like, at, at last two weeks ago mm-hmm. for E3. And that game is, is getting is came out, like, at Christmas. So, yeah. Um, we locked into Splatoon yesterday, and there were, like, three new guns that they had released. Yeah. Paint guns. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's also a, a Splatfest coming up, which is, like, a, a worldwide event. Uh, that's um, this weekend, the weekend of July 4th. Cool. Uh, and oh, that, well, that's going to be – that's gonna. it's going to be interesting to see the turnout for that, considering yeah. – Well, it is I mean, international, maybe. so who knows? Yeah. Oh, um, true. And it, it isn't just 4th of July. You mean 4th of July <laughs> isn't all over the world? <laughs> well, I mean, they have a fourth day in the month of July. I don't think that's allowed. I think America owns that. I think we have copyright. Okay. That's a fact. That's a rock fact. <laughs> so tower so, control. Oh, go on. I just want to say I want you guys to teach me how yes. to play Splatoon, how to play Splatoon we today. Can, we can yeah. do that. I can't wait oh my gosh, any I'm so longer. I'm, I'm really excited. It is so much fun. I'll be interesting yeah. to see interested. I'll be interesting all the time. But I'll be interested to see how you like the motion controls. Because the way it is right now, um, if you're playing on the gamepad, you tilt the gamepad to look around. You don't use the thumbsticks like you would huh. in, say, a first-person shooter. you can turn the motion controls off. Which we and discovered And you can adjust horrible. their sensitivity. <laughs> I really like the motion controls. I think yeah. but lots of people don't like them and so it's nice that they have the option mm-hmm. to turn them off yeah i think it might be functional and or dependent on what is with my words today i th- i suspect that it is dependent on how often people play first person shooters or shooters in general how they respond to the motion controls because that's just not something we're used to and i mean even yesterday after not playing for three weeks or so i was trying to use the sticks to control the motion i was like mm. oh wait crap i can just lift my hands and I will look in that direction and well so it's a like constant battle for me to play <laughs> any video game anyway so yeah how's I'll Assassin's just... Creed Unity going for you oh my god Linda Don't just ask. got back from London which is of course the scene of the next Assassin's Creed right. game I, f- I think I'll just start over with London just give, oh, give come Paris on. A... did you at least get to the hot air balloon kiss mm, spoilers not yet everyone needs no. that's but, I mean, uh, the mo- main motivation <laughs> to play the game yeah I'll, I'll get there eventually. Arno kisses a hot air balloon very gently. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. That doesn't happen. <laughs> so okay. more. Is, oh, go sorry. on. Sorry, no. Are you sure? I was gonna make a really bad joke. Was it? How bad was it? On a scale of one to ten. Well, when you said hot air balloon, I was wondering: did you mean like a hot air balloon, or did you mean an air balloon that was hot? That's a terrible what? joke. <laughs> and you need to leave this room right now. I'm sorry. This is. I don't care what Linda said about how you're smart and valuable. That I'm sorry. that really, I, I I'm disappointed. I'm thinking less of you right now. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> so Disney merged its video game division, Disney Interactive, with its toy division, Consumer Products, to basically create the Disney Consumer Products and Interactive Media. And this is pretty, I believe, dependent or related. What? Seriously, Simone, what is wrong with you? This is pretty related, I think, to the success of Disney Infinity. Um, they're basically saying that their video game production and their toy production are going to be very closely tied. And uh, one thing I learned was that Disney Interactive did not make a profit until last year, 2014, which, coincidentally, Disney Infinity launched in 2013. Yeah. Oh, so, it's very successful. Mm-hmm. And now they've started the new Playmation thing, which is also another kind of toys to life offering. Yeah. So it makes sense that they're merging corporately. It makes total sense. Um, yeah. Because those that whole sector of uh, smart toys and toys to life seems to be mm-hmm. really popular with parents and kids. Yeah. Now, 
I'm not a business expert. I think you know more about business than me, Linda. When two divisions of, of the same company merge, what exactly does that mean for the company? If you, um, know. you know, I'm not sure. I think it's it'll be different for every company how they mm-hmm. handle their accounting and stuff. I think in this case, what it probably means is that the management staff is kind of joining okay. together. And so their business goals will be um, aligned, okay. which can probably help them manage things better and make even more money That's with Disney Infinity. That is whatever. really interesting. Yeah. So we'll probably see even more overlap in the future with their toy production. And right. Their, so if you know, Disney the, needs one thing, it's more money. Yes. I agree. <laughs> uh, more, apparently more figurines that you can use oh, in video games. Because yes. that's, that's what people seem to like that's a lot of. That's what we all need. I, yeah. It's so interesting, especially coming on the, the heels of Nintendo and Skylanders having their tentative alliance. So, Do you think that um, – uh, Nintendo would ever ally ally itself with um, Disney Infinity now that it has the Skylanders alliance. You know, there's been some talk of that, hasn't there? Has there I some speculation? Be... I read some speculation. Anyone can speculate about anything. Though, so. <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't work the same way since. I mean, Skylanders is a very different game from Disney Infinity. Disney Infinity is so focused on its toy box and creation, and Skylanders is so focused on that campaign mode. And I feel like for the Amiibo, I mean, since they don't have a one specific use in Nintendo games, they're they're so they're multi-platform. Really, I feel like it makes a lot more sense for them to go over to to Skylanders rather than being in Disney Infinity. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, that my educated opinion as a person who has played both those games and doesn't particularly enjoy Disney Infinity. That's the truth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <sighs> I, I enjoyed playing it with you. That was actually really fun. We had a good time. Yeah. I co- feel like co-op is where it's at. Co-op is where it's at. Uh, having played co-op uh, when I was reviewing it, I played co-op with my roommate a bit and Honestly, it did get a little stale after, even with him with me, it got stale after a few hours of that. But again, but you love Skylanders, right? I love That's Skylanders. Kind of your favorite. And yeah. the single player isn't really, and the, sorry, the story mode of Disney Infinity really isn't the point anyway. It's more the, the building aspect of it, which I had trouble getting invested in because I am old and my brains are, <laughs> you know, withered and. <laughs> sapped of their creative juices i'm so old it's been like no wonder you and nicole get along (laughs) (laughs) okay nicole when you listen to this i just want you to know that i'm I'm making these jokes because i care about you we miss you because you're not here to defend yourself (laughs) we miss you so much we miss you (laughs) we hope you're well in ohio so there was a disaster this week uh, with NASA. They tried to send the HoloLens and some other some supplies and stuff up to the International Space Station, and the shuttle exploded on on launch. It was like two minutes after launch. It was an unmanned shuttle, so thank no, God nobody, nobody was, was killed. I don't, I don't think it was NASA though. It was, it was the SpaceX. Pr- oh, it was SpaceX. My bad. The, yeah. the private company, which is interesting to me. So yeah, the government's. Not sending up the rockets and they're exploding a lot. Mm. Which, I mean, um, it's got to be hard to send. Has a this rocket. happened before? Yeah, SpaceX uh, has, um, you know, had some trouble. I think I'm, I'm yeah, not the right they've person had a, to talk about it. They've had a few uh, things blow up. Oh, that's interesting. From what yeah. I understand, they've had a lot of successful missions to somewhere in the teens of successful, and then they recently they were trying to do something 
where they would like land their shuttles again on the ground oh. and they knew those weren't probably not going to work and they didn't so yeah. that's kind of maybe giving them bad press now that they have oh, I I that's interesting like realistically yeah you know. so they're experimenting with i mean that that is a good th- Good idea. I mean, having reusable shuttles or shuttles that come back to you, if you can repurpose those parts. I know it's super expensive to go to space. Uh, This was unfortunate because they were going to use the HoloLens um, with the crew on the ISS to basically help them work with people on Earth. You know, the astronauts could wear the HoloLens and have the people down here manning the the computers like draw instructions for them and communicate with them through the HoloLens. So it sounds super cool. It did sound very, very interesting. And I'm really disappointed. Apollo 13 on steroids. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hopefully not, you know, less disaster (laughs) and more learning. (laughs) At least again, no one died on Apollo 13. Right. So yeah. Right. Am I I made it back? Thank gosh. It was a heartwarming movie. Spoilers. Before my my time. (laughs) Just spoiled Apollo 13. (laughs) Yeah. How old is that movie now? Well, you know, it was based on the real yeah. Apollo 13. So, yeah, so I, guess, I don't think you can spoil that, Courtney. <laughs> it's history. It happened. It's like spoiling Titanic. <laughs> exactly. <Spoilers> guys. <laughs> Wait, what happened to the Titanic? Nothing. Nothing <laughs> happened. Just watch the movie. <laughs> so uh, the software that they were using for the HoloLens was called Sidekick. And basically there was going to be a remote expert mode where the ground operators could see through the HoloLens and, you know, see what was happening on the space station. And then there was procedure mode, uh, which meant that animated instructions could be overlaid so that the the crew members on the space station could see them and follow them. And kind of like, you know, what HoloLens wants to do for plumbers, but on a way more epic level because space Plumbers is awesome. in space. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be really helpful in space in zero G to have something on your head yeah, attached to That's your face so it's not yeah. floating around and you can yeah. see how to fix something if it's broken. Seriously. Right? Yeah. This would have been really good press for Microsoft had it, you know, gone through. Well, I'm sure they'll try again. I hope so. I don't know. I mean, it costs so much to send a shuttle up. I'm sure they will eventually. Well, I mean, they're going to have to resupply. There's people living up there. <laughs> that was the, there was like something, some huge amount of tons of food was also destroyed. So like, yeah. it, theoretically, they're missing that. You know, you know. <laughs> I'm sure that they planned ahead and nobody's going to be in any danger. I think and they're going to resort way... to cannibalism very soon. <gasps> oh, gee. <sighs> We're, we're, it's funny that we're all way more concerned about the HoloLens than about all that food. And You know, the first time I heard this story, like, it was a long time before I got to the point in the news story where they were like, nobody died. And the whole time they were just like, these poor HoloLenses. And I was like, but are people okay? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's should, okay. It should really be the first line of any news story about a shuttle exploding. And no one was hurt. Exactly. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Ah, so... Developer 3D Realms is working on another Duke Nukem game, or they were before Gearbox said, no, that's not okay. We own that IP. And then now they're making a game about Duke Nukem's long lost sister. And they just released a trailer for that. Did you guys watch that trailer? I did, yeah. Did? I, I think it's not actually his sister, like, because they can't, you know, use yeah, the, yeah, the name. So yeah. <laughs> but she looks really cool. She does look really cool. The game doesn't look It is not great. kid-friendly, <laughs> at very least. It's called Bombshell. It's yes. called Bombshell. Um, so you can guess from that that it's probably not kid-friendly? Probably. I don't know. She's, you know, For fighting a lot of some disgusting monsters. And, yeah, I mean, Duke Nukem is, is pretty pretty out there. It's very over-the-top flamboyant. Um, kind of like an 80s action movie. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good metaphor for it. 
And the interesting thing about this that I realized is that uh, 3D Realms was the they were the studio that was in charge of making Duke Nukem Forever, which for took literally forever to come Ouch. out. It was thanks, Courtney. <laughs> Courtney actually made that joke yesterday. I had just been thinking it, and I thought, no, I'm too good to make this joke. And then I made it, and then you made fun of me, and here you are repeating it. <laughs> I realize it was low I'm repeating fruit, it where Simone. people can hear me. We were all alone. You should be ashamed of yourself. Oh. No, that's, that's the best place to make bad jokes where no one okay, can hear you. Okay, okay. Anyway, uh, so yeah, basically Duke Nukem Forever took 12 years or something to come out and Gearbox had to take over the IP from 3D Realms and that's why Gearbox was, you know, not letting them continue to use that. So people on the internet are kind of doubtful that this will end up being a good game because Duke Nukem Forever, when it eventually did come out, was not that great. And this honestly does not look like a game that was made in 2015, 2014. It looks kind of, you know... Old-fashioned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not not great looking, not great textures, not great animation. So, I will still happy judgment. that it's a female protagonist, though. Yes. And she does look cool. Like, she does look very cool. Yeah. I think that's that's such a positive step, really, that they were like, well, we can't use the Duke Nukem IP. Let's just reskin and make him a woman. I think that, I mean, that's 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 what awesome. I really take from this news story is I hope that it's a, a sign of a bigger trending change that, like, more female stars in, in action games... Yeah, yeah. It certainly seemed like it after E3. There's a lot of them that are... Yeah. Yes, and we applaud that for sure. Hooray. So exciting. Yeah. So ladies and games. <laughs> like us. So that's supposed to come out this year for PlayStation 4, PC, and Xbox One. We will... We might not review it since it's probably going to be pretty not up our alley, but um, at rating-wise, but it, it's... I'm definitely intrigued. I will reserve judgment. I'm intrigued. It looks crappy, but I'm intrigued. (laughs) (laughs) It's my opinion. Uh, So the world ends with you. Solo Remix is back on the iTunes store. Casey, you've played the world ends with you, right? Yeah. Awesome. Do you want to tell us about it? It's a a game by Square Enix. Um, You know, kind of, it's a Flash game Mm -hmm. or it's made by kind of like Flash animation style. So you you're wandering around um, Harajuku, I think, mm-hmm. and you have to collect stuff like fashion pins and fight monsters. Uh, that's a very very simplistic explanation of it, <laughs> but the characters are really cute and it's you know teen friendly, very teen friendly. It has good music and that kind of stuff. That's awesome, and it has a super devoted fan base. Um, the people who played that original game have been waiting for a sequel for a really long time. And yeah. <laughs> so long. I saw so many reactions after E3 that was like, Final Fantasy VII gets its remake. The Last Guardian is coming out, but where is The World Ends With You? <laughs> and I guess now we know where it is. It's back on the iTunes store uh, when iOS 8 updated. Um, the game was incompatible because of a bug, and they took their sweet time uh, fixing it. It was taken down in February but now it's back. It costs seventeen ninety nine, and there is also an Android version on the Google Play Store. So thank goodness. Yes, if you are not an Apple slave like myself, <laughs> I still can't play Fallout Shelter. I feel so left out. Oh, it's been terrible. I I'm feel starting so to get over it. So are you getting over it? Well, I'm getting to the point where I'm finally consistently doing okay. Like I'm not constantly in crisis. And then once you get there, it's just boring. What about your <laughs> baby explosion? Yeah. Well, they'll grow up. You know. Oh, Linda totally missed our Fallout. We'll we'll oh. talk in the What We Play section. You'll learn all about Fallout Shelter. She's <laughs> okay. been in London and completely missed the... Would you say she's been sheltered? 
Oh, God, <laughs> corny. Please, for the love of God. <laughs> I'll show myself out. Oh, so Australia is holding off on rating over 200 games because they're waiting for the International Age Rating Coalition, or IARC, as we learned how it's pronounced today, to launch. Uh, Casey, you were also writing about that, right? Yeah. Can you tell us about Australia? It's a little confusing. Um Australia is adapting those guidelines as of today, actually, mm-hmm. and it's sort of a pilot program, so they'll they'll be using them for one year and, I guess, assessing how it worked. But the idea is that it's an international rating system, and um, I think most of Europe, the UK, Canada, and the United States are all maybe Brazil or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote this down. It's Australia, <laughs> Brazil, uh, North America, Peggy, and then also which is Europe, and then also Germany somehow yeah. separately. Yeah. Does Germany have its own rating system separate from Peggy? You mean the Unterhaltung <laughs> Software Helps Control? I guess so. <laughs> the USK? <laughs> I guess that answers that. Uh, but yeah, so they'll all be adopting this rating system, and the idea is that games sold on digital storefronts will all be rated, and it'll be kind of rated the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, a lot of them aren't, which is kind of a big gap since a lot of games are sold through digital storefronts yeah, now. Especially PC games. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Australia banned like 400 games um, just over the past couple of months mm-hmm. because they – the, the idea with IARC is that the developers will be submitting their own information, but that only kind of counts for games that are coming out now. The mm-hmm. old ones, maybe the dev team's broken up. Who knows? Yeah. Um, oh, so that, that explains that. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Yeah, so their rating association has to go through all the old games and rate them individually, and oh. they don't have time for that. So all these games that are kind of like maybe not that well-known or like very, very you know violent, it sounds like some of them are kind of offensive in various ways <laughs> yeah i saw uh, hobo simulator yeah, in your like article douchebag beach club and that kind of thing it's oh. like this is not you know things yeah. that you would normally want anyway, just rate so. it bad and let it go. <laughs> <laughs> rate it m and let it go that's a really interesting question who gets to handle that whole rating process i mean if the development team is no longer together yeah and i mean do if they're going to if iarc is going to assign people to play these games and rate them eventually sometime mm. in the far future that would be a lot of work yeah. i think for all the different games that are out there yeah but i think it's an interesting idea to let the developers fill out a questionnaire and put their own rating on the game mm-hmm. and then later when players play the game if they object mm-hmm. to the rating that's on there they can let the rating authority know and yeah. they can adjust the rating it seems like kind of a good way to go yeah. yeah another interesting thing about it is that like the so the developers answer a bunch of questions about how much of each type of content is in their grade and then the those answers translate to different ratings depending on the country since each country kind of has its own standards right. about like alcohol and stuff like US might care about that more than France I don't know. <laughs> as, and Australia cares about it more than anyone, as we have historically yes. discovered. Yeah. They've, I think, banned – not banned, but just refused to rate, which means those games can't be advertised or – is it sold as well? Uh, yeah. I think it's advertised, sold, or, like, publicly distributed. Wow. wow. So if yeah. you don't get a rating for your game, that means you just can't distribute it in Australia? Yep. That's mm. my understanding, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how – you know, if people actually follow those instructions that closely, but yeah, I'm sure there are, there are ways. <laughs> Life always uh, a way. <laughs> finds a way. But yeah, I think that happened to the South Park Stick of Truth. Yeah. They didn't get an Australian rating, and also Grand Theft Auto. 
was it four or was it the one that had the hot coffee problem? I don't remember. I don't remember either. But yeah, it's it's happened. I think they have revised some things, but Australia is you know famously a difficult market to get your adult games into, even more so than America, which is interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Cool. So our main topic of discussion this week, we wanted to talk about screen time and we wanted to talk about MMOs um, because we had a couple articles about MMOs go up this week just explaining what MMOs are for people who don't know, and I'll say it now, massively multiplayer online games. And we also have a list of some family-friendly MMOs that people can check out, but... Also tangentially related, Linda just did a webinar with Amy Lang about screen time, and you did that on Monday night. Yes, I did, and it it was fun, and there's a post up on Pixelcan, and you can get to the webinar through that. It's a free webinar that you can just download and watch. Um, And we talked a lot about screen time because it seems to be a hot-button issue for a lot of parents. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids are using screens in school now. Oftentimes, and then when they get home, they have homework and they're using screens for that. Mm-hmm. And then if they want to play games or watch television or whatever, more screens. So um, the uh, American Pediatric Association came out with some guidelines about that. And they're, they're saying no screens time at all for kids under two. And you should try to keep recreational screen time to two hours and under. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know... It's kind of an issue when you're playing games, especially games like MMOs. It's hard to keep your time in yeah. control when you're playing games like that. And I don't. I think we should talk a little bit about more about what MMOs are. Maybe Kizzy can explain um, <laughs> since she has written the Bible, <laughs> the 101 Bible on MMOs. It was about as long as the Bible. <laughs> it's a beautiful article. It's beautiful, and and people should read that. Read that. Um, but Esmond did videos for it too. Yeah, yeah. These descriptions. It's great. Yeah. So MMOs are huge. They're um, some of the biggest games in the world. League of Legends is an MMO. Mm-hmm. Um, Destiny is an MMO. Yeah. World of Warcraft. Then there's millions of them out there, um, and millions and millions and millions of people play them, and millions of kids play them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's there's a little bit of um, wiggle room in the description of an MMO. So like League of Legends, for instance, most gamers would call it a MOBA, which is mm-hmm. oh gosh, what is this multiplayer online battle arena. Thank you. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of letters being thrown around. <laughs> I'll say that again slower. Multiplayer online battle arena. Because <laughs> um, it, it is multiplayer and you can play with a lot mm-hmm. of different people, but it's usually sort of a specific amount of people at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, Versus, like, World of Warcraft, for instance, where you're wandering around this massive world with, like, thousands of other people who Mm -hmm. you can just run into at whatever point. I always get mixed up about the lines between the genres. but Right. um, I think it's – oh, go on. I think a lot of people do because if you're looking – you know, if you're coming at it from a perspective of is this game online or not, then Mm -hmm. there really isn't that much of a difference. Yeah. Um, And I think it's a fair comparison to make, especially with League of Legends, which has something like 60 million – people playing it and you're not playing in a shared world with all 60 million of them at once but you do have an opportunity to encounter so many of those people and to talk with them as well if they're on your team you're strategizing together and chatting with each other so i think i would i would i think it's fair to say it's a an mmo it's a a variety of it sort of but a different genre from what i think we usually think of which is massively multiplayer online 
role-playing right. games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just the role-playing part that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I've played like three different MMOs in my time. Most of them are older. Yeah. Uh, City of Heroes and City of Villains were the ones that I played with you. And then World of Warcraft was my main one. And Guild Wars, the first one, which is, was also a little different because you would be online with other people only in the town. Oh. And then you could join up with them and go outside, but you would only have that team. And but you didn't have to join up with them. You could also just go out and solo. So like that was considered an MMO, but it's also kind of different. That's so. really interesting. I didn't know that Guild Wars was like that. Yeah, Guild Wars Two isn't from what yeah, I understand. I haven't played the original it yet, one. But, yeah, that's cool. So when you go in, you first go into an MMO. You start the game up and you create a character, right? Yeah, most mm-hmm. of them anyway have you do pretty specific character creation. So you can change a lot of things about them, mm-hmm. like appearance-wise, but also like their skill sets and that kind of thing because you want every one of those thousands of people to be really different. Yeah. And that's where the role-playing comes in, too. Yeah. And in League of Legends, of course, it's choosing an avatar that has a certain skill set as well. So more similarities. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to screen time and MMOs, I know I – personally had that problem when I was playing City of Heroes um, because I I lived in France at the time and I was playing with my friends in the U.S. And this was, of course, basically our only time that we could hang out together was in this game, live, talking to one another. So, of course, I wanted to play it for hours. And, of course, since the time zone was different, (laughs) I was playing it in the middle of the night. The computer was in my brother's room. It was really awkward. You know, I had to (laughs) kick him out and be like, okay, go sleep in the guest room tonight, Tristan. I need to to go on a mission with my friends. No wonder. Yeah, no wonder. (laughs) He didn't like you for a while. I told you I was a bad sister. So what are some strategies that we can give parents for helping to balance that screen time that kids I the kids might see as necessary? I certainly saw it as necessary. I would be very upset if I had to log off before I was done, like, hanging out with my friends. If, well, you're, if you're my dad, you just kick us off and play for you instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that happens, yeah. Um, I, I, Amy and I talked a lot about this in the webinar. Um, it is another one of those parenting things that, um, you know, you're not going to be popular all the time as a parent. You Sometimes you have to set some rules down. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's worthwhile to be flexible and also to understand where your kids are coming from and why they want to play and mm-hmm. Um, if they need a longer stretch of time to play a particular game, you should understand why that is and, you know, accommodate as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, So that two-hour-a-day recreational screen time rule, maybe you um, bend that a little bit. And if they don't play um, as much during the week, maybe they can play more on the weekends or Mm -hmm. something. But, But I do think it's important to set screen time rules, especially for younger kids, you know. You don't want them just sitting in front of a screen all day long and all night long. Yeah. It's not good. They don't get enough exercise. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, for myself now, I don't get enough exercise because I'm sitting in front of screens too much. <laughs> I certainly feel that. <laughs> don't, don't we all feel that? <laughs> I mean, office jobs. It's, office jobs, exactly. Yeah. It's hard, I think. I, even as adults, I've talked about this before. Even as adults, we have trouble saying, okay, now I need to take a break. I need to step right. away from this. So I think it's even more important to remind kids like now you need to get up and walk around a bit now you need to go walk the dog or something like that drink Um, some water have a snack i mean sometimes when you're playing these mmos you are actually you know pushing buttons 
constantly. Um, and it's even hard to take a break and go to the bathroom or get a drink of water, right? I mean, did I tell my spaghetti story on the podcast already? <laughs> I feel like you did, but maybe I, I just probably heard it a bunch. Oh, thanks, Courtney. <laughs> Sorry. Are all my really stories all to you? doing it with the spaghetti story. <laughs> it's the only thing I remember from playing City of Heroes when I was eating spaghetti and I was in the middle of a mission and I literally spilled the plate all over myself, but I couldn't get up and clean it up because I was I was helping my team, so. That's yeah. right. <laughs> no, you can't pause MMOs, which yeah. makes it really yeah. difficult to, you know, take a breather, do some stretches, because mm-hmm. you are, you're playing in the moment with all your friends, and I don't know, even if all of you agreed to pause at the exact same time, you're probably in the middle of something, like, it wouldn't really work. It's very hard, yeah. Like, one of the things that my mom got mad at, my dad, actually, it wasn't even about us, it was because he would go on these raids, and like not be done in time for dinner and uh-huh. then he'd be like I'm sorry I'm just oh, I just got to finish this thing and you know like yeah. it's like frustrating after 45 minutes and everyone's yeah. waiting so and that's yeah. I think where it really helps to understand the specific game that your kid or in that case your partner is playing and what they're doing in that game because I mean for someone who plays World of Warcraft, you know the raid is the super important thing yeah. that you can't you don't just leave in the middle of a raid that doesn't happen <laughs> But if it's well, if you yeah. do, then they're not going to let you raid anymore with right. them. Yeah. So that's yeah. another thing. I mean, I think you can make the comparison to playing on a sports team or something. If you, you know, put your bat down and leave in the middle of the game all the time, <laughs> they're not going to get wanna, any invites. Yeah, yeah. You, they're not going to want to play baseball with mm-hmm. you anymore. So um, it's a lot like that, and yeah. I think a lot of parents don't understand that. Yeah, and I, I think some strategies there would be just to. I think help the kid understand where their gaming time is fitting in the context of your day as well. So say if they know that dinner is in 45 minutes, you can tell them don't if you're going to start a raid, don't do that right now. Wait till later. Wait till Saturday because we're having dinner in 45 minutes and you're not going to be able to finish that. And then so that's kind of a, a balance of you acknowledging that what they're doing is important, but also that, you know, they're not on their own schedule, they're not uh, freewheeling. They they have right. to kind yeah. of follow time management. What's happening. Yeah, yeah. It isn't time just management. about it isn't just about knowing when to stop. It's also sort of about planning ahead. Like when you're about to begin something, understanding how long it's going to take, and like looking at it in the context of do I have the yeah. time for this chunk? Which yeah. and in an MMO, you don't always have the ability to. Um, control that though yeah that's true sometimes it's hard if you're playing with a a group of people i remember playing um doing a dungeon in world of warcraft one time and um somebody typed in i've got to go help my grandfather tie his tie because he has a job interview and so (laughs) (laughs) so we waited it was cute you know but we ended up waiting for another um you know 10 or 15 minutes while this person tied his grandfather's oh, tie. No. <laughs> Is he tying it like That's a friendship a... bracelet? Like, why did it take so long? <laughs> you know, they were probably having a meaningful conversation about his life. So I'm sure, you know, yeah. I'm sure it was important. But you mm. know, I was sitting there waiting to run the dungeon. So <laughs> I was mad. Anyway, yeah. No, I wasn't. On the mad. subject of time management, I do think that that is something really important for kids to learn. I've actually on the League of Legends forums seen people posting about how they don't want to play with kids because the kids and teens will, you know, so often be like, oh, crap, I've got to go do this thing. I like my mom's calling me and they'll have to go. And the kids 
you know, we'll start a 30, 40 Mom minute game. Agro or something, right? <laughs> it's Mom Agro, but it, that's horribly, speci- horribly mom specific. We shouldn't just call out moms because moms are awesome. Um, but it's also just the kids, you know, not understanding that, you know, maybe they have little league practice in 20 minutes or something. And this is a 40 minute match that they've, they've started. Right. So yeah. you have to finish it. And right. so it's important, I think, for kids to understand where their gaming time fits into the context of the larger day. Yeah. yeah. I and am. we oh. also talked about um, another tip is to try to talk to your kid about the different kinds of activities they need to engage in every day. Mm. It's like your diet, right? You you want to get enough fruits and vegetables and drink enough water. So when you're playing, you want to make sure that you get different kinds of play experiences in, um, including Number one, plenty of exercise. So if you're sitting in front of a screen, that's pretty hard to do. Mm-hmm. Definitely. One of the things I really liked about the the write-up that you did was that you acknowledged that screen time is a necessity and maybe not like a necessity in terms of like food where you die without it. But it is a necessity because we literally cannot get away from them at any point in our lives. So we have to find ways to manage that and to make that ideal for everyone involved because it it does affect whole families. It's interesting because looking at my screen time, I am on screens like pretty literally every Uh minute that I'm not, you know, walking to and from work or you know, in bed or whatever. Yeah. Even in bed, I'm on my phone usually. Yeah. <laughs> but if I separate it out into things like this is me working or this is me creating art, you know, yeah. drawing or something like that, this is me talking to friends, the actual recreational part of it where I'm playing a video game is usually not that much out of the day. Yeah, that's true. It's like a couple hours at the end of the yeah. day, if that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so that's where I think you have to separate it out into different kinds of screen time. It's not just screen time isn't like the thing that you're doing, you're yeah. doing the screen, yeah. you're doing something, something on there, yeah. whatever it is. So I think that's really important. And a lot of um, parents tend to assume that their kids are playing a game yeah. on, on the device when, in fact, they may be doing some research or reading a book or creating art. Um, mm-hmm. Talking with friends. Talking with friends. More there's often than not. so many activities that kids, yeah. um, great activities, yeah. things that they need to get done. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, I just want to throw out there that uh, now that we have the internet, uh, research can be a lot, looks a lot more fun than it did back when we just had to <laughs> yeah. go check out books <laughs> in the library. Like, more than just reading cool Wikipedia articles, which is also fun, but like watching YouTube videos can be research. Yes, um, there's so many exactly, and yep. there's so many great interactive websites that are research that kids might not think of them that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or they're learning something. Like you can go on YouTube and you know look up how to play the guitar or how to make a video game cross stitch, and you know it doesn't really look like learning necessarily from the outside but a lot of it actually like from my experience with kids they love doing that they love watching youtube videos about how to do stuff yeah and about how to play games yes how to to play mmos for instance it's so interesting because i think when you look at reading books you wouldn't say reading a textbook is the same thing as reading a murder mystery but you wouldn't say that one of those things is less valuable than the other. They're just different. And I think that's the way we need to start thinking about screen time is, you know, doing your research for class isn't the same as playing, I'm going to say Tales from the Borderlands, even though that's so not child appropriate. <laughs> but, you know, they're both they're both something that you're engaging in and they're both 
beneficial to you in different ways. That's right. Video games, um, MMOs can be extremely beneficial, Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, you have to do a lot of reading. You have to do a lot of communicating. You have to do – you have to be a good team member. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. So you, Linda, when you started playing World of Warcraft, you were playing with your son Chris, right? Did you meet his – friends in the game? Like, did he introduce you to people that he has been playing with? Yes. Yes. There was a young woman from Singapore who lived in the Bay Area. And um, that was really interesting because she would talk a little bit about her life and um, how she ended up in the United States. Yeah. And she was an amazing tank. The woman woman was incredible, and I couldn't play at her level, but she would give me tips on how to play my character. That is so um, cool. Yeah. We did play a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we published a story a while back about a a kid who was playing with his mom. It was kind of the same situation. He had gone away to college, and she started playing to spend time with him, and she ended up becoming like the guild mom. And yeah. you know, <laughs> taking care of everyone in the guild and giving them life advice. And they planned a surprise birthday party for him in the game. And it was really cute. So, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I had wonderful experiences. I, I wasn't even like the kind of person that would join a lot of guilds or do mm-hmm. a lot of PvP or anything like that. In fact, I went out of my way not to do PvP. I don't like I don't like hurting people. <laughs> what does PvP stand for, Keith? Uh, player versus player. So like in World of Warcraft, you can go and fight players that are on the opposite side as you there's mm-hmm. the horde and the alliance um but and you can't talk with those other players it, it um scrambles up your speech so it looks like they're speaking a different language that like is a, so cool. an imaginary language but you can do um emotes so you can do stuff like bow to them or uh, blow kiss at them or dance <laughs> with them and that kind of thing so i would always seek out players of the opposite place and then do that kind of thing and we'd make friends even if we weren't supposed to that is so cool so it's kind of wow. like communication like through cultural barriers yeah. <laughs> and you would not kill them never never <laughs> yeah i didn't like the dueling stuff either no. and, like, yeah. and then there were some people who there's also you know a certain amount of behavior problems and um oh i don't know teasing a little mm-hmm. bit of bullying that can go on especially in um chat channels yeah. Like um, some games have kind of notorious general chat channels that um, will have terrible racist jokes and yeah. sexist jokes and yeah, but, nasty yeah, but people. They're starting to get better. I think a lot of the moderation teams are or the, you know, the the whoever owns people the game, charge. the people, <laughs> the people in charge, the overlords. <laughs> are getting a lot better about recognizing that problem and making, you know, yeah. taking steps to fix it. So it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my parents wouldn't let me play any of the, like, Ultima Online was their first MMO. Oh, yeah. We could watch my dad play that, but we weren't allowed to go on there because it was online. Um, so what was different about World of Warcraft? Was that just because we you were, were older? older. Okay. Yeah. I was f- 14, 15, I think, cool. when it came out. And so, you know, he, my dad knew that we could – of course, my brother and sister were younger than me. <laughs> That's that's what it is to be an older sibling. Well, it must have been. Oh, go on. I, it's just that that has to. Um, kids do have to learn how to deal with that, right? Mm-hmm, when yeah. they're small, though, when they're really little kids, um, I think parents need to kind of look over their shoulders and either have them playing games where there's some sort of moderation of the language, just to mm-hmm. kind of make sure there's nothing 
too strange happening. And there um, is censorship of like swear words, I believe, in World of Warcraft. Like it'll blank it out. Right. But yeah. I mean, um, pe- you can do parental life controls. Finds yeah. a way. Yeah. <laughs> Jason DeCanter wrote an article about this for our website, mm-hmm. right? About yes. um, kids need to participate in um, their parents need to participate in their kids' online gaming. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And teach them, um, you know, good manners basically mm-hmm. good yeah. online yeah. manners and then when they do get to be teenagers of course they're going to be better at that than you are they're they, <laughs> they learn how to deal with online stuff yeah, yeah. It, i think that goes for teaching them how to not be mean online too because a lot of yes. parents sort of stop at the here's how you deal with bullies but a lot of kids are you know they soak it up when it's around them and so they're going out and when they become teenagers then they're being the bullies yeah and we kind of don't we don't really know how to navigate that a lot. Yeah, we treat online bullying so differently than we treat real-life bullying. And that's just – that needs to change, I think. Yeah. Because it, it isn't the same. It's but all real life It's bullying. all real life. <laughs> you know, everyone thinks my kid isn't going out there and leaving, you know, racist jokes on this website. But the fact is they might not even think of it that way. They might yeah. not think that it's bad. They're just – saying th- jokes because all the people in that community are saying those jokes. So it's that's a really uh, yeah, important oftentimes to talk about. Yeah. They're trying to fit in too. Yeah. yeah. And um yeah, that's why they need your guidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to kind of yeah, know to what's happening. Figuring out where kids are coming from and why this is happening instead of just straight up punishment is so valuable because like there's so many different uh, identity exploration things that happen yeah. online when you can be anonymous and you can get away with different things and like yeah just having that conversation with them I think can be really beneficial yeah, yeah. And teaching them to stand up for themselves but also for other people exactly yes. Yes. yeah go to somebody's rescue for sure um, the other thing this is really basic but parents should also be aware that they can um, people can communicate all different ways in these online games sometimes you can get onto voice chat. Mm-hmm. So you put on a microphone and a headphone and you your headset. voice is a headset, sorry. Your voice is then, you know, other people can hear your voice. In the world. In the world. <laughs> out there in the world. Um yeah, I'm trying to speak. And the words we're all having, you know, let's just having acknowledge that we're all a little <laughs> Nicole isn't here to keep us in line. <laughs> but there's something yeah. about putting on a headset and a microphone. Um, especially I think if you're female and then all of a sudden everyone knows that you're female mm-hmm. yeah. and sometimes girls get teased. And a lot uh, of girls more. just won't even do voice chat. Period. I never did. Yeah. I mean, we had, we had vent in my house yeah. and like my brother used it a few times and my dad used it all the time, but I never wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you have to watch out for that. Were you aware at that time of why, or was it just did it just um, not occur? Did it not interest you? I don't really remember, but I do know that I used to lie about being a girl. Oh, like some yeah. of my characters, I would pretend to be a guy just so that people wouldn't bug me. Yeah. And then one of them, I became the guild queen. But <laughs> <laughs> Is that when you married the 12 year old? Yeah, I didn't know he was that young. <laughs> <laughs> I was Not only I was really only seventeen. Married. It was it wasn't like so weird. It, was, it wasn't it was a legally binding marriage. marriage. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a whole other thing. To talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah, so goodness. maybe parents, when you're having these conversations with your kids, if you uh, if you have a son, make sure that they're not getting angry about gender stuff and that they treat women <laughs> yeah. with respect. Getting angry about gender stuff. <laughs> yeah, my, that's my mo. Getting mm-hmm. angry about gender stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, especially that's with really as, good advice. Yeah, yeah, as there are more and more um, women being openly women gaming, it, it's important. You know, just 
don't treat it like it's an anomaly and mm -hmm. but stand up for them if something if people are being cruel to them or harassing them because it does happen yeah yeah honestly so. i i didn't get a whole lot of flack when i did you know tell people who yeah. i was behind the screen it was more like they would be like oh you're a girl you're the only one and yeah it's, you know obnoxious <laughs> it was frustrating and then they would treat you differently and treat you weirdly i didn't ever get free stuff i don't know why that rumor goes around yeah you know i never got free stuff <laughs> either <laughs> It was kind of like the pedestal without any of the benefits. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's, you know, there's also a lot of harassment and that kind of thing that goes on. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm thinking about free stuff. Did I, have I ever gotten free stuff? Just for being life? female? Yeah. I mean, because everyone always says, like, if you're a girl in a game, you get free loot and stuff. People no, will just give you stuff. I, I never I, did. No. I never did. I'm sure some people are out there that have. But I certainly want to. If you've them. ever gotten free stuff in an MMO <laughs> because you presented as female, let us know. <laughs> We're curious. I only ever got hit on, I think, with one character who was, of course, a redhead wearing a miniskirt in City of Heroes. <laughs> I, was like, I was on a team with a guy. We were just going around beating up bad guys. And he was like, do you want to be my girlfriend? And I was like, no. And then he, <laughs> he just left. He just, he like yeah. teleported out of there. And I was like, huh. I yeah. was 16 at the time. So I was just like, whatever. That doesn't bother me. And now in retrospect, I'm like, you. But then also in <laughs> retrospect, I'm like, man, I'm lucky <laughs> that that didn't go south in any way. I mean, there was yeah. no like contact information that was out there, but like he could have said something mean to me, but yeah. he didn't. Yeah, that's another thing, of course. Yeah. Your kids should know they should not be giving out their name and address yeah. in these online <laughs> games because that has happened, but it's pretty rare. Most yeah. kids, I think, are pretty savvy yeah. about that. Yeah. That's just good practice for all of the Internet. I exactly. Think. So yeah. I think the ultimate, young. Yeah, the ultimate takeaway we can do for this is like establish an open line of communication that does not involve judgment or reflexes, like – banning reflexes because i think that that's what that's where teens especially really get into trouble is if you know they they think it's going to be taken away they won't tell you if you do hear something that you don't like and then take the game away immediately without fully investigating that they're gonna flip out and and they're going to stop telling you. Yeah, they're going to stop right? telling you stuff. Right. <laughs> Especially if it's not something that they did, but something that other people in the game are doing. Like, sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to say, this yeah. is not an appropriate environment for my kid. But yeah. you have to make sure that they know that and that they're not being punished for. Yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah, and again, age appropriate. Um, mm -hmm. There are MMOs, I guess, something called Animal Jam for really little kids um, yeah. that are, you know, very controlled. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the language and everything that, that goes on in the game. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can look at the game rating. If the game is rated E or E10 plus mm -hmm. for a small child. Um, and then the T-rated games. I think Destiny and World of Warcraft are rated T. Is Destiny rated T or is it rated? It's T. It's, it's T. T. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these MMOs are rated M because there is violence in them. And, yeah. Um, and we have a list of MMOs on our site right now that are actually all family-friendly. So do go check that out at pixelkin.org. And you want to move on to the letter that we got yeah. for this week? Cool. We we got a letter or a comment on our podcast new, or um, write-up post, and it's from Andy, and it is about the Fire Emblem games. Uh, thank you so much, Andy, for commenting. He was commenting about the 
quote-unquote incest. Um, and he says Act- it's actually been confirmed there's no incest. Spoiler warning. The Hoshido people aren't really your family, and according to the Nor route, you're adopted. Fans aren't sure, but we're thinking some parts of the game might get censored on their way here. The original game was 15+, plus, so having the original is fine for most of us. It isn't really a game for little kids, which is true. Uh, teenagers know how to distinguish games from reality, so there's really no moral problem at hand. Uh, this is just my little argument here in case someone thinks, quote-unquote, oh, but it's still incest because they're still family, even though they're not blood-related. If blood does not bind family, then love does. The same situation applies to friends, um, and so on and so forth. Um, so there's, he says there should be he or she, Andy is, I guess, a gender-neutral name. Uh, they say there's no need to censor that part of the game. Nintendo should really just announce that part so people don't feel as disgusted. I... I halfway agree with you, Andy, (laughs) Uh, to explain for the people listening, um, basically in Fire Emblem Fates, there are two nations that are on the brink of war. One is called Nor and one is called Hoshido. And so your character, the Avatar, is from Hoshido. They're royalty from Hoshido, but they were raised in Nor um, by an adopted family. And so you get to choose basically which country you're going to ally yourself with, which is why there are two versions of the game. (laughs) I learned a lot more about Fire Emblem since last week. Um, I, I definitely... I definitely see your point. I definitely agree um, that it's not – it's definitely not, like, literally incest. Um, but I I don't know. For me, it's definitely still – like, an even adopted family still seems a little – It's a little yeah. – yeah. But I also, looking at the actual dialogue in the game, I think that's what bothered me more. It's yeah. Because it's a sibling relationship. Yeah. And she's it, still even calling if, yourself her sister right. even as if, you're rubbing her face. <laughs> And I mean, there there is a little bit of nuance there because a lot of you know anyone can be called sister or brother. In, yeah, that's true in Japanese language. But um, it's not a good power dynamic to have. Yeah, and yeah. So the the language made me very uncomfortable. It yeah, kind of doesn't maybe, matter if yeah. she's actually your sister. Maybe we're thinking too much into it. But like for me. Looking at Camilla, who is the character who had those lines that I was going, ugh, she's your older sister. And I don't know, it just seems very, even if she is adopted, she's calling herself older sister and you're rubbing her face and I'm not into it. Well, it hasn't been translated into English. (laughs) That is very true. So again, this game isn't coming out here until 2016. (laughs) So so many things could happen. A long way to wait. And it's, it's probably, I imagine a lot of teenagers will be playing it. So that's why we're discussing it. Even yeah. if it isn't necessarily child friendly exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's a very fun game, so Yeah. Gotta love those RPGs. <laughs> it's kinda one of those things where when it comes out I'm it's probably gonna be no big deal. Yeah. But yeah. It's so red, red poor flags, Linda totally least. missed this. <laughs> Did you listen to last week's discussion about Fire Emblem? <laughs> Uh, I miss that, you know. I you were off I had, in London gallivanting. Yes, I was gallivanting with my daughter in London. Um mm-hmm. instead of being here instead of paying attention to us I'm paying attention to you <laughs> this betrayal <laughs> you chose so you chose family over us your co-workers just and for friends. a little while <laughs> um, but um fire emblem sounds like a game that i probably won't be playing actually it's not I that know. i feel like i have to defend it it's <laughs> yeah it's not that bad they are uh the previous games have great stories lots of really great characters um they're role-playing okay. tactical role-playing games um okay yeah. And what we were discussing last week was that you can um, basically level up your relationships with people. And in if you have an S-rank relationship with another character, you can have children with them. And fire in Fire Emblem Fates, um, your adopted family, not related by blood, are some of the people that you can achieve S-rank relationships with and procreate, which... 
again, is not <laughs> technically incest, but still seems weird to me. I wonder if anyone no has ever, like, announced to their friends that they're having a baby by being like, we have reached S rank. <laughs> <laughs> Fire Emblem fans, please write Probably. in. <laughs> yeah. No, I know I know a lot of people who love these games. Um, yeah. I mean, I could say some of the same things about Persona 4, for instance. That's and true. It's one of my favorite games ever. And I would say, despite some of the things that make it M-rated, um, yeah. it is very teen-friendly. So Yeah. It's hard to say. There's definitely a lot of things that I will ignore or maybe not even fully pay attention to for a good a good story game. Yeah. So it's interesting too. This this is a Japanese game, right? Yes. Yeah. The cultural differences can be a little bit striking sometimes. Yeah. Depending on the subject matter, I guess. Yeah. For instance, like Persona Four, that's really one of the mm-hmm. big things is that it has depictions of pretty blatant like Nudity? I don't even want to call it a nudity. It's more like genitals. <laughs> <laughs> Monsters shaped Monsters, like genitals. Yes. And that sounds like terrible, you know, but it's not really – it just didn't really make it past any kind of censors or anything. It just yeah. wasn't a big deal when it was made. And it isn't as big a deal in Japan as it is here, yeah. at least for male genitals. We don't have to go into that. But. <laughs> I think yeah. the important thing is that we are able to talk about what a healthy relationship dynamic is with kids. <laughs> yes. Exactly. No, that's that's the point I wanted to make. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, these games present interesting things that parents can talk to kids about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And there are yeah. plenty of other people in the games to have relationship with relationships with that aren't your adopted siblings. So I would say, and that. they all look super cute. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love would say the that applies designs. to life in general, right? Yeah, actually, <laughs> don't have relationships with your siblings. <laughs> <laughs> good, good idea, Simone. <laughs> That's my my hot take for today. Find someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, what have you been playing this week? Um, I was on an airplane a lot on those nine-hour flights. Um, I played a little bit of that 12 a dozen game that you guys oh. had actually talked about with Jenna Hofstein. Nice. Yeah, Hofstein. Um, so it's an educational game, and um, it's a little math game, but it's really cute. And That's um, what I love. <laughs> it's a 2D platformer kind of thing, sort mm-hmm. of. And... You're doing addition and subtraction in order to progress through the level. Um, So I found, not surprisingly, I found the platforming part (laughs) way harder to deal with than the math part because I know what 12 plus 3 is. I'm, you know. Well, lucky you. (laughs) I went to Catholic school and the nuns drilled me. I still have to count on my That's also an unhealthy relationship, Linda. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. We knew our multiplication tables and our, you know, we could add and subtract. Back and forth and up and down. Absolutely. Um, Cool. So, but but it's a cute little game. I recommend it. Um, And then I also played this... um, I have my iPad now, which is fun to play games on. Nice. And I got this game, Relic Run, which is a Laura Croft game. I like Laura Croft. She's a good good female character. Um, And it's one of those endless runner games, which drives some people crazy. And I can't decide if it drives me crazy or not. (laughs) I keep playing it. So I think endless runners drive me crazy all the time. Yeah. The thing is, I kept looking for a setting on this Laura Croft game because she was going too fast. (laughs) 
And I wanted to slow her down, but there's no way to slow her down. She's just running full out. And <laughs> Is that kind of like a skin of Temple Run, but with Lara Croft? I would assume. Yeah, Relic it's sort of like Temple that. <laughs> but it's very, um, very well made. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And so you're just jumping over obstacles and, and basically I'm knocking Laura Croft in the head <laughs> and she's dying like every 40 seconds. Basically what happens in the Tomb Raider game anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wanted to ask, why is that? Why does Laura have to die a grisly death all the time? Is I don't it- know. I don't know if I want to if I want to say that it's meaningful or not. Um, I actually I have not played the Tomb Raider reboot, um, but I've watched my roommate play it and it is very grisly. But I mean, all the the game itself is very visceral on a lot of levels, not just the ways that Lara can have horrible accidents and die. Yeah, I'm not think? sure it's like more grisly than like Far Cry or something That's like fair. that. What do you think, listeners? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> well, even in this Endless Runner game, when she um, knocks her head into an obstacle and dies, then her arms and legs are all akimbo, oh, you know, yeah. twisted wrong, and then she, she, her hands will shake and stuff, oh, and you have to nasty. watch her die for a long time. So I don't understand that. Yeah, like, that just yeah. seems a little Linda, out of place. Linda, have you yeah. ever played um, Alto's Adventure? That's another Endless Runner. It's very pretty. No. You're snowboarding down a mountain trying to collect your alpaca oh. who have escaped. And that sounds one's... It's, that sounds fun. It's beautiful, and it's very nice and pleasing, and there's no in-app purchases at all. Oh, that sounds really really good because that's the other thing about this game. And another game I like like that, which is Jetpack Joyride, (laughs) there's just all kinds of in-app purchases all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of tempting sometimes, (laughs) especially when you're not very good at the game. Anyway, that's what I've been playing. Casey, what about you? Uh, I tried to play Shadow of Mordor this week again, and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's our most (laughs) controversial opinion this week. I tried really hard to like it. And you usually like RPGs. I love RPGs. I I don't know. It's just not my kind of game. I don't like the main character. Yeah. And... I thought it was pretty boring. The gameplay is fun, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to keep playing. You've always cared a lot, really, that story, uh, that's a good story, though, right? And that's... Yeah, like story, I mean, I like gameplay, but story and character is the main reason I play games. And mm-hmm. this one, I don't know, it kind of just fell short. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Wow. So instead, wow. I downloaded Diablo 3 again. And <laughs> <laughs> you backslid. <laughs> well, I haven't played it since the expansion came out a while back, so it's there's a lot of new stuff, so... um. I'm having a lot of fun with that. Cool. Does he, I heard that the expansion makes it a lot better. Yeah, The original definitely. game got kind of mediocre reviews. Yeah. it's. Um, I think I still like Diablo 1 and Diablo 2 better, but that might also be because I grew up with them. So. Yeah, that nostalgia factor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the same reason why Courtney likes Zumbinis so much. Zumbinis. <laughs> <laughs> it is officially, it's officially July and they haven't released it yet. I'm so sorry, Courtney. <laughs> what have you been playing this week? Um, I have, I just started, uh, Tales from the Borderlands last night. Yay! Oh my gosh, I love it, but it's my definitely, it's definitely not for kids. But yeah, it's, neither mine. It's like if you combine the TV show Firefly and the TV show Archer and the movie <laughs> Mad Max. <laughs> wow. That yeah. Sounds That's like literally my alley. the perfect yeah. way to describe yeah. it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's really funny. Um, and dark, and uh, Simone talked about it a little bit last week, but it's just this, like, 
ragtag group of people who keep getting into getting into mayhem. Wacky hijinks. They're all just the trying. Way. They just want to go home and be calm, but then they, it's one more thing after another, and it's uh-huh. so funny. I will say that game has an incredible soundtrack. Yes. Um, yeah. And really good just voice acting. Really yeah. good voice acting. Um, Look it up on YouTube. It's. Really yeah, it, good. Ha- it has the guy who played Kronk in Emperor's New Groove. With- yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh my god, David Putty from Seinfeld. I don't um, know his real name. Uh, Patrick. It's Patrick something. Warburton. Patrick Warburton. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Warburton. He's a really good actor. He was at Emerald City Comic Con this year. Ah, I um, love his voice. It's just inherently it's, funny yeah, to hilarious. me. He's he's in a lot of stuff. He's in some rental car commercials too. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, so what's this game on? Uh, I'm playing it on Mac. Uh, it's also on PC and PlayStation think, yeah, 4. Yeah, PS4 and I think Xbox One. I'm yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And oh, possibly great. also, P- would it be on PS3 too or just 4 and 1? It's around. Yeah. It's on yeah. I'm not sure about that. Okay. You can it's look on, on our website because we have a library entry for it. Or yeah. We have a it, game picker entry. We did that research once and then we forgot. <laughs> it's definitely rated M, but it's one of those games that's so story-driven and so well-written that mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, it's not just like hack and slash. It's yeah. it's bloody, but it kind of yeah. has a purpose, I guess. It's also very tongue-in-cheek, though. So. Yeah, very tongue-in-cheek. The episodes are sort of like movie length, so just wait till the kids go to bed and play it yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this or let them watch you play it and have a conversation no. of what? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe some older teenagers. Older teenagers, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it would be for sure. fine for that. Yeah, it's very funny. I would do it. <laughs> but as we stated earlier, I'm not a parent, so I'm sure there are worries <laughs> that I don't entirely understand. Uh, this week, I played Her Story, which I loved so freaking much it just came out for pc i think it's also on mac uh, but it's also on ios which is where i played it i played it on my ipad too and basically it's a game the it takes place entirely on an old crt monitor you're looking through police footage of an interview that a woman did after her husband's disappearance and the whole mechanic is typing in search terms to this old computer and then it'll return videos where she says the word that you look up so it it starts you off of course with murder and you get five clips where she says the word murder and as you go through you kind of come up with new keywords that you can search and you're trying to just kind of put together what happened with this case, his disappearance, his murder, what what is even going on here, who did it, what was the motive? And it it was just incredibly, incredibly fascinating. There was no... It's purely player-driven in a really interesting way. It doesn't really suggest things for you to search, but I would be listening to these clips of her speaking and I would, you know, a location would ping or just some little detail that she mentioned about, you know part of the house or whatever. I won't spoil it for anyone. And I would just, you know, put that down on my list of things to look up. And sometimes just searching the most mundane things led me into like these crazy, like, trails of following this information and figuring out what happened. It was a really, really interesting story. Um, A wonderful game. It took me about two or three hours to to get to the conclusion, though I haven't watched all of the clips yet. Um, and I would, I definitely recommend it. Um, it's pretty adult. There's some adult content. I, I mean, it probably wouldn't be that engaging, especially for younger people, because you're just putting in terms and watching videos. I don't know. That might be interesting, but I, um, I, I definitely recommend it. I take it you can't search for like the. No, yeah. well, I mean, you could. It, I would probably just return. It, it, there's a limit on uh, clips that you can watch at once. I think it's up to five. So it'll say 
showing five of 17 mm, entries, and you can okay. only watch those first five. And each clip is basically a fraction of an interview, so there may be, like, some of them are only a second long, but then some of them are a little over a minute. Uh, there weren't any, really, that were longer than that. Um, so you're just getting fractions. And sometimes, like, I would find a clip and watch it, and then I would find, you know, an hour later the first part of that conversation that she was having and it would suddenly put the whole thing in perspective and it was so good. It was so good, you guys. It was so good. I (laughs) loved it. I love mysteries and I loved her story, which is only $5. What the heck? It was, yeah, Yeah, totally worth it. Yeah, Yeah. it sounds I love how it doesn't sound like anything else. It is absolutely unlike anything I've ever played before and it was amazing. Cool. So, yeah. All right. I think that sums us up for this week. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, please review us on iTunes. And if you don't like iTunes, you can find all of our episodes at pixelkin.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N. And if you want to read the stories that we're talking about, they're all at pixelkin.org for the most part, which is where our show notes live. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gaming with the Moms. We'll be back again next week as usual with nicole with nicole our lovely wonderful long absent editor have a good weekend all right bye. bye bye this podcast was recorded in the studios of the jack straw cultural center in seattle washington